Welcome to Spirit Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Natasha Ferguson. For more information about our church, please visit www.spirit-life.org. Now here's Pastor Natasha. I'm excited to teach about this subject um, because I love that God empowers us to live a life of victory. How about you guys? Are you excited about that? Um, you know, the Bible says that we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. And so that word ignorant, it doesn't mean stupid. It means to not know, right? To not be knowledgeable in an area. So like, I'm pretty ignorant about how to perform a surgery. <laughs> like, I have no clue. I'm clueless. But we don't have to be ignorant about how the devil works. We can be wise and we can be equipped so that we know how to fight him in the battle, right? And so um, I want to read to you from 1 Peter 5, 8 to start out tonight. It says, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion, not lying, lion, looking for someone to devour. So just to start off this night, I just, I know most of y'all in here are pretty mature, but I just want to reinforce this fact. Um, if you don't know, there is a real devil. I remember talking to somebody once about, about that, and they said, oh, I just don't want to believe there's a devil, because then that would just make me afraid. And, and that's not the truth, because there is a real devil, but we don't have to be afraid of him, because God's given us authority over the devil. And so we can live a life of victory. But in this passage of scripture, the Bible tells us that we must be alert, right? You guys alert? You feeling alert tonight? You're not sleepy? Did you get your coffee? So um, we need to be alert and we need to be sober-minded and we need to be aware that we do have an enemy, right? We have an enemy and we don't need to be afraid of that enemy, but we need to be alert and aware. So to start out tonight, I feel like I have a lot of stuff to give you guys. We're going to go a few different places, but um, if you're sleepy tonight or if these grace guides have gotten to you like they got to me today, just kind of lean in. They tell me when you lean in, it helps you just really to press in. So lean in with your body and just dig in with me. Um, the first thing that I want to talk to you tonight about, actually before I do that, I'm just going to talk about that sneaky old devil for a minute. Um, the first time that I ever had an encounter with, and like God is so much bigger than the devil, right? Like we love him. He's our savior. He's kind. He's wonderful. And he's all powerful. In the end, we win. And so this is not magnifying the devil by me talking to you about this. This is just me again, making you aware. So my first encounter with the enemy, um, which was really cool, was I had just gotten saved, like literally, I think this was like the night after I got saved, and um, I used to have a lot of nightmares. I was 16 when I had an encounter with Jesus and fully gave my life to him, and um, before that time, a lot of times at night, I just felt tormented at night. I didn't sleep peacefully. I had a lot of bad dreams, a lot of fear at night, and like right after, I, if my memory is right, I think it was like the night after I got saved, I went to sleep, and the same thing started to happen that usually happened when I went to sleep. I started having dreams of things like chasing me and um, just like demonic spirits and different things like coming after me. Well, it was so cool. In my dream, I was made of where like you don't have to be afraid anymore and so this was just so fun as a 16 year old le learning my authority right away in my dream I turned around 
I stopped running, first of all, because I was running from these things that were chasing me. I turned around, I faced them head on, I put out my hand, and I began to say, in the name of Jesus, and I watched them drop one by one. And it was so cool. I was like, wow, God, you're so powerful. And that was broken over me, those nightmares that I used to have. Like, I now knew who I was in Christ. So that was one of my first encounters. And then another one came um, shortly after that. Uh, I was living with someone who brought, he, she took me into her house, and um, she's the one that really led me to our church where I got saved, and one day I was in her um, living room, I was sitting on the couch, and there was a friend of hers, I can't remember her name, but she was standing in the kitchen, so it was like an open floor plan, they were in the room right behind me, I'm laying on the kitchen, and they began to talk about, just in their conversation, it was just like a normal conversation, but they br brought up my mother. Well, there's a lot of, I'm going to give all the background, but there's just a lot of brokenness within the family. And um, my mother definitely needed more freedom in her life at that time. Well, as soon as they mentioned I don't know if they said my mom's name or they just said her mom. A spirit literally, like physically, jumped on top of me and pushed me back onto the couch. Um, it was not within me, like to describe to you what it was like. It wasn't like the spirit was in me, um, but it was like on top of me. Like I can feel its presence physically, and it literally pushed me back onto the couch. And I was laying there, and I was a little freaked out. And um, I felt like I couldn't speak at the moment, but I could feel like myself praying in my spirit when that happened. And so, like, I'm there, and all of a sudden, it was like they were made aware, and they came, and they, like, walked up to me right away. They bound the devil. It came off of me, and that was it. And there was, like, freedom. And so I believe that what that was was that was actually a generational spirit that was upon my family, and when they mentioned, like, my mom in this situation, it, like, manifested on top of me, and so I received freedom. So this is just cool stuff. It's cool. It's not afraid. I'm not afraid, right? You're not afraid because we have authority. They bound the devil. He left, but it's fun because it's fun to know your authority, and it's, um, you need to have knowledge because knowledge is power, right? So um, some other times is Jeff and I, um, have ministered to many people and just see captives get set free. We've seen people who had demonic bondages, who um, just all kinds of people. Like I remember there was a man that we were ministering to at one point who he was in our youth group. Jeff was a youth pastor at the time. He came in. He was bound by a spirit of homosexuality. And he was visiting from New York, um, sweet man, um, and just really was intrigued and wanted to learn more about God. He wasn't a believer, but somebody had invited him to church. He was in our youth group, and um, he was engaged in the service, and the Holy Spirit began to move in that ser um, service with the spirit of prophecy. And so we began to step out and just prophesy over these young people. And he was one of the ones, as we began to prophesy over him, all of a sudden he began to manifest, or the spirit, demonic spirit within him, began to manifest. He began to like shake and convulse and we just bound that spirit. He got set free. He was talking before that like a girl. He was talking like a man with a really deep voice. Afterwards, it was pretty cool to see that change. And he was glorifying and praising God for his freedom. And there's been countless stories like that that we have experienced together. And it's just so fun to watch people come 
out of the darkness and into the light, to go from being a captive to somebody who was captivated by the love of Christ and totally free, right? So those are just a few stories for you. Um, I got lots more I could tell if you ever want to hear them, but fun stuff. So a few things that I want to talk about. I don't want to just, there's so many places that we can go when we're talking about spiritual warfare, Um, but I want to concentrate on a few areas. One is I want to talk about attacks of the enemy tonight, and I also want to talk about strongholds over our lives tonight. So, but to start out, I want to talk about our position in Christ, our position in Christ. So in Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 6, it says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places because we are united with Christ Jesus. So this is talking about our position in Jesus, that we actually have, we are positioned. We're now, we're not actually physically sitting up there with Jesus, right? We're physically walking on the earth, but our spirits are united with Christ, right? The Bible talks, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. So in Christ, those in Christ realities, we read all about them in John 15 um, and many other places in Scripture. But in Christ, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And then I want to expound to you tonight on what that means. So if we just read from Ephesians 1, I'm going to find it in my Bible. I'm going really fast tonight, guys. Are you staying with me? Okay, that's good. Ginger, staying with me. Way to go, Ginger. (laughs) I usually put like little markers in my Bible when I teach guys so I can flip there really fast. I didn't do that this time. So you're going to have to be extra patient waiting for me. Um, So Ephesians 1, starting at verse 19. Did I write that down right? Okay, so it says... I'm going to start actually, um, yeah, I'll start at verse 19. It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead? So God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, and he seated him at his right hand. Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And it says that he is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So guys... If, if Ephesians chapter 2, 6 says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and then Ephesians um, chapter 1 is telling us that where Christ is sitting, he is seated far above all rule and principality, and he has dominion over the powers of darkness, and our union is in Christ, that means that what? It means that we have been given all authority, and we are seated in Christ. As long as we're abiding in Christ, guys, we can be free of fear of the enemy because we have authority in him in our position in Christ. Now, I will say with that said that just like I'm free, I live in America, right? I live in a free land, but if I made a choice to go out of America and live in a place that wasn't free, I would be what? I would be underneath that 
jurisdiction, right? And so I would be open game to the area when I am. We do have the freedom, even though we know that our freedom, we should choose, right, to always stay in Christ, but we have that free will, and we can get out of that place of covering by stepping away and outside of the protection, the provision of God, by stepping into disobedience and making a choice that, you know what, we're not going to please God. We're going to be stubborn. We're going to do our own thing. We're not going to obey God, okay? So just to make that clear, I can give you an example of that. When my husband and I were in Ecuador, we were on a missions trip, and um, there was a lot of deliverance happening when we were on this missions trip to Ecuador. And there was this one young girl who... um, she was a, a teenager, and she had gotten into Ouija boards. Guys, I don't think anybody here has a Ouija board in your house, but if you do, get rid of it tonight. Like, that is demonic, and there are strongholds, and you're, you can open yourself to demonic spirits by having things like Ouija boards or other, um, other symbols of the demonic in your home, okay? So there was this girl that we encountered who, when we saw her, she seemed like somebody completely not in her right mind. If I could use the word, um, like, mentally retarded, she seemed like somebody who was mentally retarded, completely not in her right mind. And we began to speak to, I think it was her dad, if I'm remembering right, it was one of her family members. And they began to tell us a little bit about this girl, and they said that she was, I mean, she was acting really like a mad woman, crazy. And they said she used to be a very normal, beautiful young girl. And she started dabbling in witchcraft and occult and Ouija boards. Well, she got set free. She got, she got, first of all, she got bound by the enemy. And then people prayed for her. She got set free, but then she went back to that again. And after she went back to that again, it was like her mind was completely gone. And this girl, even though I would love to tell you there were so many people who got set free while we were there, she was not one of them. We did pray for her, but this was one where the Bible says you'd have to, much fasting and prayer would have been required for her to get set free. I pray that she is now, but at that time it didn't happen. So that's another example of how you can, um, you know, be free and then you can, get over there into those things. Uh, Another person who I've seen that with is my own very dear sister whom I love. She's my baby sister. I'm not going to get emotional about this tonight, but she, um, so precious to me. Like, I love my little sister with all my heart. Um, She went through some very serious postpartum depression after her little boy, and um, following that, so what was at one point very physical, a physical condition, and there's probably some spiritual with that, she began to go to other things for comfort. And so she started pursuing new age stuff and all these different things. Well, she was living on her own. She wasn't living with me anymore. It started to be that her change, the change that happened in her was so noticeable that I could see it on her physical countenance. Like, to describe it to you, I remember saying, I feel like I'm looking at a zombie. Like, my sister's not even there anymore. And if I've ever seen anybody or if you know of anybody who is that bound, but it is so heartbreaking when you see somebody like that, that if I showed you pictures of her, like a before and an after, it would be very physical. Like, you could totally see the distortion on her face that she's not the same as she used to be. And, um, you know, I fully, like, went after my sister, you know, loving on her, praying for her. Um, There was one point where actually she reached out. She knew she was bound. I was able to go to her house. Um, 
pray over her house. She threw away a bunch of things, and then she eventually got back into it, and it got, just like that other girl I said, even stronger on her life. So she's in a position now where I really want to see her free, but she's very bound at the moment, and I'm believing what God says, that, who, that she will be free, and she will know Jesus and be saved, but I'm just, I'm telling you guys that to warn you, like, stay very clear of anything that has to do with witchcraft, occult, um, and if you're unsure, if you're a new believer, and you're new, just ask, ask one of us who's more mature, is this something okay to be involved in, and we'll steer you the right direction, because we love you, so our position in Christ, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we have union with God, and through him we have authority over all rule and power of darkness, the next thing that I want to speak about is our posture. So I want to talk about two postures that we can have in spiritual warfare or combat. Combat. The first I want you to think visual tonight is think of a sword of the spirit in your hands or even in your mouth. Because we know the sword of the spirit is what? It's the word of God. That's how Jesus beat the enemy, right? He beat, he said, the word of God says, or thus it is written, and he spoke the word of God. And so that is our first weapon that I want to talk about tonight is the sword of the spirit, that when the enemy is coming at you with an attack, you can speak the word of God. And friends, if you don't know the word, I just encourage you, like, have a daily practice of reading your Bibles. Have a daily practice of knowing what God says about you and what God says to you. So your first posture that I want to see you in is with the sword of the Spirit. And this is more of a posture of you're, you're going after the enemy, right? Like the enemy is coming at you and you're going after him. It's an offensive weapon. You have your sword. You're slinging your sword. And you're able to, the Bible says that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So you can, with your words begin to say, if all of a sudden you feel an attack, like you're just feeling oppressed, or you're feeling confused, or you're feeling something that's not God, it's not good, right? It's coming from the enemy. You can just open your mouth, and don't do it quietly, because the devil doesn't read your thoughts. So don't do it quietly. Open your mouth. Don't worry about how you sound. And you can just say, devil, shut up. Or you can say, devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And say it with authority, because you're seated with Christ. You have the authority of Christ as you speak. So you need to open your mouth, and you need to out loud bind the enemy, and then you can begin to release in your life that which is good and that which is God, right? So if it's confusion coming at you, you can begin to say, God, I thank you that, Lord, your peace rules and reigns in my heart. God, I thank you, God, that I have a clear mind. And you can just begin to release that and speak that into your life, right? Because our words are creative and they're powerful, so they form things, right? And then the next thing that I want you to think about as far as your um, posture is that of worship. So first is you're moving forward. You have a sword of the Spirit in your hands. You've got the Word of God in your mouth. The second is the posture of worship. This is a way to war and rest, okay? And this posture is more about, instead of going after a victory and offense, this is more about maintaining your victory, okay? It's about enforcing what God has already given you. It's that posture of worship. And the Lord gave me um, a very just 
visual dream of what this looks like. It was super cool. And in this dream, there's scripture, so I'm not just teaching you off of my dream, but this was the very cool illustration that God gave me. Um, he gave me this dream, and I saw in the dream a member of a church, and um, just precious girl, and she was standing outside of her house, and all of a sudden in the dream, this like witchcraft hat blew right in front of her. And when the hat blew in front of her, um, she was kind of like a little confused, like, what do I do? Excuse me. And so I stepped into the dream, and I told her, I said, begin to pray in the spirit and begin to walk around your house. So in the dream, she begins to walk like with authority and begins to pray over her house. Well, I look and it's like now I'm with her in the dream and it's so cool. So there's her back door and there's, I love how God used a specific person. It's this girl named Krista who loves Jesus. She's a young girl. She's so pure of heart and she's very meek and just very meek and gentle in spirit. And in my dream, I saw Krista. And so this spiritual war was going on behind the girl's house, the first girl that I said. And we're walking around and all of a sudden I see Krista and she's sitting in the back of the house, very relaxed. She's in like crisscross applesauce. I call it, or like Indian position, right? Like legs crossed and her hands are outstretched. And she's just like worshiping ever so like softly, peacefully, gently, but gaze completely upon the Lord. And I watched in the dream that as her worship went up to God, there were angels and the angels were actually like, it was almost like um, the spirits that were coming against the other person in the dream, like I saw them doing like acrobats, like gymnastics. And as she was worshiping angels, it was like God was doing the work for her as she was in that position, in that posture of rest. And as she was worshiping, angels were going and they were like flipping those things away. And it was like they were fighting the battle for her. And it was so cool because you know what? She didn't have to wear herself out. She just had to rest in the one who gives the victory, right? And so I want to read to you um, what the Bible says about that. And so I'm going to read, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I've got to find it again. This is fun. I really like this guy. So this is Second Chronicles 20. I'm going to, there's, there's like a whole chapter of what's going on, but I'm going to go a few different specific places. So it says, um, I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazaron, Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared. And he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast through all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 15, no, to verse 14. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benia, the son of Jehel, and the son of 
Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Ashoph, I'm sorry, I'm wrecking these names, in the midst of the assembly, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And then I'm going to skip to verse 22. It says, um, should I skip there? Yeah, I'm going to skip to verse 22. It says, now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and all who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So this is such, there's a a lot more, because I didn't have time really to read it all. But the amazing things that we see here, guys, are when there's a battle that that comes against you. So we start in the beginning, and it says that he heard a report, right? Someone came to Jehoshaphat with a report, and when they brought that report, it made him feel how? Fearful, right? He heard the report, and the Bible says he was afraid. He was afraid. And then what did he do? So this is, this is our instructions for tonight. We can follow this example. So he heard the report. He became fearful. How many times does that happen in life, right? The enemy is coming at us. We hear a report, and what happens? Instinctively, we become fearful, right? There's something afraid. But what happened next was Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat even though he was afraid, he didn't run to something else. He ran to God. Right, he actually went out and he fasted and he sought God and he got God's counsel. So, the first thing we need to do when we feel there's an attack coming against us is we need to go to God and we need to ask Him, God, what are you saying? Right, what are you saying? We need to ask the Lord, Lord, what is your view on what's happening? Because then we can hear the word of the Lord and we can know what to do next, right? So God spoke to him and he gave him the answer and he told him very important information. He said, this battle is not even yours. This is my battle. So the thing that happened after he went and sought the God was God gave him perspective, right? We need to have the right perspective when we're in battle. God gave him perspective, and then he gave him the answer, and that was to praise and to worship God, to set your eyes and your gaze to fix it upon the Lord, and that God was going to give them the victory. And we know from reading this passage of scripture that God gave them the victory. Can you say amen? Amen. So that is our other posture that I want to talk about of of warfare, and that's worship. Now, um, so think of sword out, hands extended, two different pastures. The next thing I want to talk about is powered up. How many of you have, like, I'm not a boxer, but I've been doing some running. I'm a really lame runner. If you watched me run, you would laugh. Haley's laughing just thinking about it. Like, I'm not a very pretty runner, but I'm running, right? I get on my treadmill, I go a little over two miles. And there's some things, I have a checklist of things that I have to do because I've learned now after years of getting in this routine, not always staying in it, but I've learned there are things that I need to do if I want to succeed at my run, which feels like a battle. (laughs) It's not a battle, but it feels like one. I've learned i got to tie my shoes in a double tie because if not, they're going to come untied. Got to have a sports bra. Got to have my hair in a really tight pony, because if my hair starts wiggling around, like I get so distracted, I can't finish my battle. This all sounds really silly, but I have to have ate the right foods and drank enough water and went to the bathroom two times. 
Okay, so that's like my checklist before my run. How many of you know that if you are going to battle against the enemy, you've got to be powered up and equipped for that battle, right? You've got to be ready. You can't go into a battle and you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, you're tired, you're not filled up, you're not built up. So what you need to do is you also sometimes need to just take a step back. You need to read the Word of God because the Word of God is what builds our faith. The Bible says faith comes by the Word of God, right? And so we need to read the Word of God. We need to believe it. It's what's going to build ourselves up. And then in Jude verse 20, it says, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit is also what's going to help build up your faith so that you're equipped for the battle. All right? So guys, be powered up. Amen? Um, another verse where I'm going to cut to a close soon. I know I've been speaking for a little while, but one more thing I want to share with you guys. So there's attacks of the enemy that we've talked about where there's just... This is an attack coming from the enemy. You can feel it's an attack. But then there's also something that we call strongholds. Now tonight, in our activation time, we're going to do it a little different. Um, I love when we pray over each other and minister to each other, but we're actually going to get with God because I believe that there's going to be some strongholds that are going to be broken here tonight. Or if you are in a position where you feel like you're under attack and you're in that warfare, I want you to do the same things that Jehoshaphat did, okay, in our activation time. So that means you're going to face the battle, you're going to look at what it is, ask yourself, are you having fear? And then you're going to go to God and you're going to say, God, what's your perspective on this? And then you're going to be able to, the thing I missed actually was after Jehoshaphat listened. So God gave him perspective, but he also bowed low. The Bible says that he bowed low. He humbled himself to what God says. He didn't try to fight that battle on his own. So that's such an important key in fighting, right? We've got to bow ourselves low and listen to God. So in our time, we're going to do that. But I want to talk for just a moment about um, strongholds. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 I'm going to go there. I could just share it with you, but I think I'll go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says in verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means like natural. They're not natural, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so a stronghold is an argument and a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ or the knowing of what is truth. Basically, a stronghold is wrapped up in a lie, right? A lie that you've been believing can become a stronghold in your life. Now, I've been with my husband in ministry long enough to see many people walk through strongholds for years upon years upon years. To break a stronghold, actually, before you can get free from something, you've got to be able to see it, right, and recognize what it is, just like if, if in the natural we were going after a crook, we would, we would say what he looked like. We would describe him in order to capture him, right? 
So a stronghold, in order to break it, you need to be able to identify what it is. But what it looks like is it looks like a circle that you walk in around and around and around and around. It's a repetitive cycle of something that you walk through or you've walked through for most of your life. Okay? Um, Many times a stronghold can be rooted in a lie, like it can be rooted in maybe rejection, in maybe a hurt or a brokenness that happened to you even from when you were a child. Um, a stronghold can also be rooted in um, disobedience. So for instance, if, you have, if there's something in your life that you feel like you just don't have any control of, um, that can be a sexual addiction. That can be uh, a food addiction. It, anything that where you feel like you just don't have control over, it controls you. That's a stronghold, right? It's got hold of you, and you need to break that stronghold. So, for instance, myself lately, I've been feeling like, God, I am not having much control over sugar lately. Like, I've been struggling with that lately. And, like, 10 o'clock comes around, I'm on the couch, and I'm like, chocolate. And I, I just, I've been noticing, I'm like, you know what, I'm not doing very good at, like, resisting, which is meaning what? If I'm not resisting that pretty well, it's meaning that it's got a hold on me, right? And so I need to break that stronghold. So for me, what I'm going to be doing very soon is I'm going to be fasting from sugar to break that stronghold, to get that broken off of me, okay? That's more of a physical, but it can still be um, rooted in spiritual example, Okay, but a stronghold is something that is rooted in a lie. It's, it exalts itself against truth. It goes against what is true, and you have to be able to point out what it is, which God can give you the wisdom. He's so good. He can show you what it is so that you can break that over your life, and you don't have to go on forever, right, being bound by a stronghold. It doesn't have to be like, man, my whole life long I've just struggled with this, and I don't feel like I'm ever going to get over it, because that's not God's heart for you guys. He loves you, and his heart for you is freedom, right? So he doesn't want you to have to be bound by something. So we're going to go ahead, and we're going to play this song. Um, it's called Take Courage. So I don't know. Uh, Tammy, can you get that ready for us? It's already ready. Oh, he's got it. Thanks, bud. So we're going to play this, and what I want you guys to do in this time is, um, I feel like you know, okay? If you don't know, when we worship, as soon as the music starts, just begin to, like, enter into worship, and I want you just to ask God, like, and, and just look within yourself. Am I facing, is there a battle that the enemy is coming at me with? Is there, like, an attack that's aimed at me right now? If it's an attack, I want you to follow those steps that we talked about, right? Like just like Jehoshaphat, I want you to look at that and say, okay, this is causing fear in me right now. It's a battle. It's an attack from the enemy. It's causing fear in me. And I want you to ask God how he feels about that. Ask him for his perspective. And then what he tells you, I want you just to humble your heart and believe what he tells you. And then you can begin to, out of your own heart, begin to praise him with that posture of victory, okay? And maybe you might need to use the sword of the spirit while we're singing this song. You guys have permission to get loud and rowdy if you want to. So if you need to just bind the devil and you just need to speak out loud, don't be afraid. We're not afraid. We're not fearful people. We're strong people. We're people of faith, right? So you can just begin to do that. Or maybe you know 
I don't think it's necessarily an attack from the enemy as far as a, something um, aimed at me to bring fear, but there's a stronghold in my life. It's something I've been dealing with over and over again, and I need to get some freedom in it, okay? Then we're going to go to God, and we're going to ask him, God, what is the lie that I've been believing that's causing this stronghold? And we're going to ask him to speak truth into that lie. What's his truth, okay? And then we're going to get into that posture of worship. You guys remember what worship does? It enforces, say it with me, it reinforces, reinforces the victory, okay? So when we worship, we're saying, yes, God, we believe you. And then God begins to do the battle for you, right? 